Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tour, Sports Travel for Sports Fans by Sports Fans, and it's the morning after the night before. I'm pretty sure you can hear it in my voice already, but we had a whale of a time at Super Bowl 50. The Denver Broncos are your 2015 NFL champions. We're going to have interviews with players from the locker room, we're going to break down the game, and we're going to give you our highlights of the week. This is the Gridiron Show. All right, welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. As we say, check us out on Twitter at Gridiron and online gridiron-magazine.com. And I think before we do anything else in the show, and we're sat here with a couple of guys uh, ready to chat through the game and everything else, last night while we were still in the stadium, we recorded a quick 10 minutes for you, just gave our initial reactions, gave our initial thoughts. And so let's hear from me, Ollie, Liam and Matthew Sherry in Levi Stadium. Well, we're still stood in Levi Stadium. The game finished about an hour and a half ago now by my watch. The Denver Broncos are Super Bowl 50 champions. And admittedly, Gridiron has gone 50 for 50 on our predictions. Two and two. Well done to Ollie and Matt, who both believed in the Denver Broncos defence. <laughs> Liam is livid by that comment. Well, Matt flip-flopped around so much that at the end he was just going to go. I always said Matt my final prediction was the one that counts I think I'm and, uh, sure you said that the podcast 50-50 what counts yeah so we both went Panthers they both went Broncos this is just me taking the splinters out of his backside from sitting on the fence Manny <laughs> <laughs> no I, it was just I'd underestimated the Denver Broncos defence one and then saw them live and, and the more I thought about that the performance the more I thought there's no way I'm doing that again this is the Gridiron Show brought to you by Sports Travel Tour Sports Travel for Sports Fans by Sports Fans we're going to get into the breaking down the game of course and we're going to get into our locker room interviews we've spoken with the likes of Malik Jackson TJ Ward uh, the man who caught probably the last ever pass from Peyton Manning Benny Fowler and when I told him that he caught the last ever pass from Peyton, he obviously hadn't realised that yet and just went man that's surreal <laughs> it was absolutely TJ Ward is incredible TJ Ward claims that they are a top three all time defence and then and then went on to break down the Steel Curtain the Ravens defence etc etc and he thinks they're better than the Seahawks in the last couple of years well I spoke to sorry I spoke to Malik Jackson and he says without a shadow of a doubt they are the best defence there's ever been and do you know what's great about these guys is that they they believe it but there's no sort of nicknames there's no legion of boom or whatever the panthers did I, I just think they got it done no fuss brilliant stuff and it was unbelievable in terms of game planning from wade phillips it didn't look like they did a huge amount more than they did against the patriots okay occasionally when they saw them bring in those uh, those max protections those heavy set lines they brought an extra blitz so we saw darian stewart who we also talked to got a sack himself but seven sacks is equal with the most in Super Bowl history. They got four turnovers, and on that basis, they were always going to win this game. And really, the only surprise, or maybe not a surprise, based on the play we've seen from them this season, is that this game wasn't a blowout. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only reason it wasn't a blowout is is one because Peyton Manning was was very poor in the game and and kind of gifted Carolina some opportunities, and because Carol. 
well that was the main reason but the the big takeaway for me was I thought Carolina shot themselves in the foot a lot and and the defensive performance was spectacular there's no doubt about that they sacked him seven times and he's the hardest person to sack in the entire NFL so imagine how many sacks that might have been against a different quarterback and also yeah exactly because he avoided he got hit tons he avoided uh, he avoided uh, rushes and, yeah. and, and all of that so if it was someone else someone maybe like Peyton Manning it would it would have been a totally different story there were four or five times where he escaped the pocket and ended up having to throw the ball away or there was the, the throw on the outside looking for Ted Ginn which he did throw admittedly slightly wide of him but the number of times he scrambled out of the pocket and was forced to make some kind of play and you, you know those sack numbers could have easily doubled yeah. with a less mobile course back in there so the, I don't the, want to say Cam Newton had a terrible game but they just had no answer and it was weird for me that the one great drive they did have was when they tried to establish the run early on they obviously weren't getting big yardage from it but they had two big play action passes one to Greg Olsen and the second one I think was to Philly Brown if my memory serves me right at this kind of late hour and it led to the touchdown that drive and then they seemed to go entirely away from that game he had three big scrambles well he had two big scrambles where he ran for I think 14 and 15 yards and they had the one designed run where he ran for over 10 yards as well and then they didn't do that again in the game and it wasn't like <clears throat> they were being blown out and they had to go to always passing the ball they were nine points down they were six points down they were in a position where they could have quite easily come back into it if they just stuck to their game plan but I just don't think they ever they, they knew what to do with that Denver defence the, the, the one big takeaway I have is is that and you kind of get into reflective mode now because you know it was almost certainly Manning's last game we got into reflective mode last year with Tom Brady as well but it just reinforced to me that we're never, we may never see two quarterbacks like these guys again in terms of their ability to handle an offence to the point where they can get the ball out of their hands so quickly. Even Aaron Rodgers, who is an admittedly great player, doesn't have that ability the way those guys did in their prime. And, and everybody now wants to kind of point to Cam and Wilson and Rodgers as the, as the new breed. But there's undoubtedly a long way for them guys to go to ever get to the level that Brady and Manning got in their prime. And I think that was one of the keys today. Newton's receivers admittedly couldn't get open but he does hold on to the ball for a long time and I, and I think the stats showed that before the game he was kind of bottom five in the NFL for, for holding on to the ball and against a pass rush this good you can't afford to be like that you, you need to be one of those guys who can get the ball out of your hands quickly but, but those guys are just so rare in the NFL and, and we've seen uh, Manning retire this evening and, and I think Brady will follow him in the next couple of years and afterwards we'll kind of look back and, and remember how special the both of them. We'll probably finish this podcast after the um, press conferences tomorrow. I think it'd be crazy to do it beforehand because there's a, uh, some chance that by then Peyton Manning will retire. First of all, before I get on to any of that, Marshall Lynch, douche move, retiring mid-game. I mean, Marshall Lynch behaving like a dickhead on, uh, on Super Bowl week probably shouldn't be a huge surprise to us. He did it all of last year, but that I wasn't keen on that whatsoever but I think we'll so we'll talk again after tomorrow but Brian uh, Baldinger said it to us in terms of legacy this is a guy who changed the game who very few will be able to say that he'll walk into the Hall of Fame in five years time assuming that uh, assuming that he does retire tomorrow it'd be crazy to be honest for him to not do so and I want to talk uh, just very briefly a bit more about that defence because it's so difficult to pick out a playmaker today in particular DeMarcus Ware was fantastic the centre of that line was fantastic but Von Miller 
the absolutely uh, ridiculously deserved MVP from him. Not only was he brilliant, he got two and a half sacks himself, a forced fumble, I believe, as well. But also he, three quarterback hits. He was brilliant in coverage. He made like there was a, a Philly Brown, which could have been a potential touchdown, down to about the five yard line. Came through a beautiful ball over the top, and he defended it as well as any cornerback in the league could. Uh, there was a brilliant moment when we spoke to TJ Ward, and you'll, you'll hear from it a bit where I mentioned that play to him, and I said to him about Von Miller, and he went. Of course, these guys, him and Cam, went one and two in the same draft. And he said, well, that's why he was a number two overall pick. Maybe, Carolina, he should have been the number one overall pick. Uh, He was was sublime tonight and just unbelievably good. There was another point as well about just the the fear of Miller getting to you and how many false starts that contributed to as well. It was a massive game with penalties for both teams, but you can clearly see that the effect of Miller and Ware on the end was panicking that punchline Errors. I just wanted to make one quick point about the, the start of the game. I was, I said to Matt at the time, I was amazed when Carolina won the toss at the third. I thought the way to get at this Broncos team is to try and get up on them early, make Manning come out and throw. Perhaps, you know, if, if you're down on them, they can tee off you with that pass rush. And um, I'm not sure who it was in the post game. I think it was Wade Phillips said the fact that they've got ahead in these past two post games, they've got up big, it's been massive for them because it's just allowed them to play the way they want to play. Look, we will do more breakdown and fuller the game, and we'll hear from the locker rooms as well. But but let's uh, let's focus on the day itself, and particularly I want to hear from you, Ollie. A, a great occasion, fantastic stadium, amazing weather. I mean, I, I'm relatively sure I'm pretty sunburned as we were in the sun for a majority of I think the first two hours that the game was going. But your first Super Bowl, taking it in, looking around now at Levi Stadium, still the pitch Stream. caked yeah. in uh, in ticker tape. What, how, what was your reaction to it? How did you enjoy the day? Oh, the pomp and the circumstance, it's all totally justified, isn't it? It's just, it's just incredible. You, you've got the fans all mixed in, there were loads of Broncos fans. There was a few, uh, there were still quite a few Panthers fans as well, but far more Broncos. There were fans of other teams. Uh, and then the game itself, just the kickoff, you go into half-time, albeit it was, it was with Coldplay, but... Bruno Mars and Beyonce were fantastic as well. I'll, I'll hold my hands up to those of you who said it. Gaga set of pipes. That was impressive. Oh, mate. Gaga was great. And then you've got the, the fly past as well. That was amazing. I just, just the whole thing is really like blown my mind. It was, it was just great. I can't recommend it for as a, uh, as a spectacle more. Uh, and obviously, sports travel tours. Just save up. Come out next year. Yeah. It'll be brilliant. Yeah. It'll be phenomenal in Houston. Think... Maybe not the year after. It's going to be cold. As a one-off, I don't think there's a, a bigger game. I mean, okay, the World Cup in in football, but this, they, you don't get all of as that a, as a yearly razzmatazz, do you? Unbelievable yeah. stuff. Uh, I, I kind of I feel like what we should do now is uh, uh, defer to ourselves tomorrow. We're going to go to the press conferences, going to get all the audio of all the players and, and put together some cracking interviews from down there. But uh, uh, for all the Broncos fans listening, congratulations to you. Oh, and also for everyone who came to our party at the Broomsbury Bowl Lanes, all reports so far have been excellent from what I've heard. So fantastic. Thank you so much, everyone, to ma- who made it down for that as well. Tory Holt was letting everyone take photos with his Super Bowl ring on, which wow. sounded like a, a, a phenomenal experience for anyone who obviously couldn't be out here. Um, before, I, mean, I don't know if we'll definitely be able to speak with Matthew Sherry and Liam Blackburn tomorrow because their family are in town. The holiday starts here. <laughs> As I sit in time now, the holiday doesn't feel any closer. Um, no, there's a lot of work to be doing. Are you working tomorrow as well? 
Yeah, I mean, we fun for your missus. There's, there's a good chance. <laughs> there's a good chance. I uh, just introduce her to Ollie. <laughs> Why? Did any, uh, anyone notice that the, uh, the attractive lady from NFL PR who came and sat next to us, there was one spare seat weirdly between Matt Sherry and Ollie, and that the moment she sat down, uh, James Scragg was allowed to move to the end of the row next to her. <laughs> so again, the two single men were flanking a woman, and I just. She didn't come back in the second half. No, she did not. <laughs> she, she was delightful actually. She had a little chat to her during the game No, no she was nice um, I, I went down into the Here's Derek Wolf Way up the middle <laughs> I, I went to I went down into the locker <laughs> And I think you guys Had left by then But The Super Bowl Lombardi trophy Was doing the rounds Between all of the players Amazing It was incredible And they're all getting Selfies with it And, and getting their teammates To take pictures On their phones I've got a couple on my phone and we'll, we'll, print, I'll, we'll tweet one out and so you'll probably have seen it by the time that you listen to this podcast but try and identify the bare bottom that's in the background <laughs> not sure we're allowed to tweet out those we photos could, we can definitely tweet that with that Bengals lineman last year let's I'm delirious right, we want to go and pick up the Swartz Travel Tour group these guys have got to finish doing their work so we just wanted to bring you a little reaction from in-stadium after the game as the lights go down on another NFL season but don't worry we'll be back tomorrow of course <laughs> every week for the rest of the off season we've got so much great content from Radio Row we've got so much else to bring you combine the draft it all starts again so let's go to us talking more about the game or the press conferences I don't really know what we're going to be going to because it's in the future future world this is a problem you, for you to deal with do you think your voice will sound any better I really hope so because <laughs> I feel rough as dogs right now right thank you gentlemen let's, uh, let's crack on that was us then. We're back to now. But before we get back to us now, when? Uh, Ollie, <laughs> now, this morning. Who? Us. Why? Me and you. Because we're at the Super Bowl. Uh, we, <laughs> before we get back to us now. When? Uh, let's, as we discussed, hear from the players from the locker room, hear what they have to say. Uh, and hear, uh, basically, we're going to hear from a lot of defensive players. But I want to kick things off by talking to the man who caught probably the last ever pass from Peyton Manning, Benny Fowler, and his reaction when I told him that he was the last man to catch a pass from Peyton Manning. First of all, Benny Fowler, you are a Super Bowl champion. How does that feel right now? It's the most amazing feeling in the world. Uh, this is what you work for, and we're at the top of the world right now. And when you put that combined with the fact that everyone's talking about it being Peyton's last rodeo, you might have just caught the last pass that Peyton Manning ever throws. I mean, that's a surreal moment. Uh, he's one of the greatest person to ever play this game. One of the greatest minds this, this game has ever seen. And I'm going to keep that ball forever. They actually got it from me. I'm about to go get it signed by him. That's beautiful. Now, I, they said that before the game, uh, yesterday in the last team meeting, it got emotional. Can you just talk to us about that team meeting and what it was like for you and for the team? Um, it just put things into perspective. You got guys like DeMarcus Ware, Von Miller, uh, Peyton, you know, it's so hard to get to this moment. And, you know, I felt like the emotion they showed yesterday is, it's, you know, take it all in and enjoy this moment. And what was amazing to me is he threw that two-point conversion to you and then just walked off the field like it was normal. Hey, he knew what the coverage was. And, you know, he had told me in the huddle before the, uh, before the play had started, he knew what they was going to play. So he told me he was throwing me the ball anyway. Talk to me about, obviously, you've done a lot of work on the scouting team and with the second squad as well. Talk to me about this defense, this secondary. Von Miller, DeMarcus, were unbelievable. Best defense, uh, one of the top five defenses of all time, um, especially the corners, uh, especially up front. You know, those two great guys. I mean, you saw what Von did today. I mean, that's 
incredible. So we're very happy for this team, and we're world champs. No one can ever take that away from us. And what next for the Denver Broncos? If Manning does go, if, if DeMarcus does go and retire and go out on top, have you got the depth in your squad to go on and repeat the success? Yeah, without a doubt. You know, we had a lot, lot of young players step up and make plays, and, you know, that's what it's all about is continuing to win and find ways to win, and we will. And I believe this is really your rookie season. <laughs> Unbelievable. Just like a few words on being a rookie, catching that pass, getting through the Super Bowl, and, and just when do you think it's going to sink in? I don't think it hasn't sunk in. It's going to take a while. But it's incredible, and I, and I love it. So, Benny, thank you so much, and, and congratulations on your win. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Benny Fowler there in the Broncos locker room, but let's move on to that defense. It was the most impressive part of that performance. Uh, I want to start off with TJ Ward, who is a guy I managed. I was with for a good six, seven minutes, but I'm just going to put the whole audio in there, and you'll hear other questions. Andy uh, Benoit from the uh, MMQB podcast asked a couple of great questions about coverages, but this was a, a great interview, really good fun, and uh, so here he is, TJ Ward. When Ted Ginn had the ball go through his hands, it you were laying in wait, ready for that pick. Oh, yeah. Um, Talia got a great hand in there and disrupted it and tipped right to me. Do you owe Danny Trevathan a beer? Excuse me? Do you owe Danny Trevathan a beer for scooping that ball up after yeah. it came out? Oh, yeah, man. I think the whole team owes Danny a beer. <laughs> I owe more than a beer. I got Danny. Hey, Danny, I got you. Do you ever envision this going into this season that you can end in a triumph here in the Super Bowl? 50? You know what? Absolutely. That was a plan from day one. We came in, we were going to be world champions. And when work starts here, first day of OTAs, first day of workouts, no complaining, just get on the grind. Let's go. TJ, what advantages are there for you as a safety when you go up against an offense that you know likes to keep six and, and seven bodies in the pass protect or chip block and, and think protection first? Well, I mean, we what we did differently than a lot of teams is we didn't let them just max pro. So if we're in a zone defense, they want to max pro, then we're going to add guys to the to the rush. And that it flushed them a lot because they didn't expect that. Did they do anything in this game that you didn't expect going into the game? Nah, man. We read them like a book. <laughs> How so? How so? They did the, exactly the same things out of the exact same formations that they've been doing all season. You know, their run game, you can tell they spend more time on their run game than their passing game because their run game is intricate with the with the handoffs and the options and things, guys pulling. And, and their passing game is pretty much what they show you in the previous weeks. If you watch film, you got to watch film, though. That's key. So, T.J. Ward, how do you celebrate a Super Bowl in your hometown extended? Hey, man, look, I can't tell you that, <laughs> but I'm going to celebrate. TJ, can I ask about Von Miller, obviously MVP in this game, but I'm interested as a safety. There were a couple of moments, particularly Philly Brown on the far right side, where this guy plays like a corner in this coverage. Are you amazed that he just seems to be able to do absolutely everything? Hey, that's why he was taking number two overall, right? He should have been taking number one, right? Ha! At the end of this game, I guess we should have switched those picks, Carolina. Nah, uh, you know, Von's a, a physical specimen. I mean, he could do everything, so that's not surprising. He's fast as some of the DBs, and he's big and strong as the D tackles. So, <laughs> yeah, he's a special player. He talks a little bit about how you react to Max Pro from this Carolina team. How much did Wade drill that into you, and how how often were the plays changed on the field by the defense? Uh, we don't do any audibles defensively. So, I mean, what you show us and you give us, we're going to play what we got. I mean, you better hope it works because most of the time it works in our favor. Well, Wade sitting on the sofa this time last hey, year. I can't wait Turns to see Wade tweets. 
I can't wait to see what Wade tweet after this one. Yeah, man. We pride ourselves on grinding for four quarters and, and more if we need to. We keep grinding, we keep grinding, and, you know, they keep pounding, but we keep grinding in four quarters, and we're going to wear you out. And that's what we did. We wore them out. Did all the Panthers talk more than you guys? Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I love when people tell me what I can't do and what me and my teammates can't do. It makes us want to go out there and do it, and we did. Is there any doubt in your mind right now that the Broncos secondary is the best secondary in the best secondary in the NFL right now or ever? Right now, right now. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, you already know that. Who better than us? Benny Fowler scored your top five defense all time. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think so. I say top three if you ask me. Yeah, that's pretty hot. I, I, I mean, ask little, bring up the top defenses. You got the Bears. Who else? Who else? Still can. Come on, man. They ain't even pass the ball back then. No disrespect, but Bears, Steelers. Ravens, I say Ravens, but I mean when you, this game has evolved so much, you know, and they're making players do so much more. So the the nothing, no, all respect to the to the past players and defenses, great. But as far as all around, you have to stop the pass, the run. You got all these formations. You can't hit guys over the middle no more. I mean, the, the deck is stacked up against us pretty much. And to do the same things they did, if not better, I say we're the number one defense. And TJ, finally, I just want to know how you reacted to the, the Panthers' touchdown drive because they'd been trying to establish the run up to that point, hadn't been able to. Then they got those two big play action passes to Olsen, and I think it was to Ted Ginn. How did you then change your plan after they made those couple of big plays? Uh, no, that was just busts in our coverages. So we didn't change anything. Uh, I think one of the plays was a, a we call it a oh shit play, excuse me, but that's what it's called. And the tight end blocks for a long time and then releases. One of our linebackers just didn't keep his eyes on him. So uh, we just said we got to get back to keys, fundamentals, keep your eyes right. And uh, we did that the rest of the game. TJ Ward there, a couple of things I want to say. His comment about Von Miller should have been the number one overall pick, not the number two overall pick, his little dig at Carolina. I thought that was very funny. Uh, and also, I mean, the, the discussion, and, we, and we'll get into it, we'll hear from a couple of other players of where they rank in the all-time great defenses. Let's have a bit of a, a conversation about that at the end of the show. Uh, who else did we speak to in the locker room, Molly? Uh, we spoke to Malik Jackson, Jonathan, uh, Jordan Norwood. Let's hear from those two players right now. Malik Jackson, followed by Jordan Norwood. These guys are special, man. These guys are truly special. Mr. Alway did a great job of bringing us together. Where do you belong in the conversation of all-time great defenses now? Number one. We're number one. Over Ravens? Over all that, man. We went out there and we shut teams down. We put the other team get 10 points. And all the reason they got so many rush yards because Cam took off for like 30 twice. So it's one of those things that we dominated. We're a dominated defense week in, week out. We dominate, and I think that, that puts us to number one, at least in the talks. Great. I'm, I'm not doing as good as you, though. <laughs> Super How Bowl. many are? Especially <laughs> the Panthers. <laughs> Especially the Panthers. <laughs> Super Bowl champion. How do, how do you feel? I feel awesome, man. Surely a blessing, man. We, we have a great group of guys, man. Just to win this, you know, we knew we were going to win it, but to have it in our hands now in this locker room, having fun with these guys, man, it's, it's a blessing. Not only are you Super Bowl champion, you scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yes. I mean, talk me through that play. Vaughn got, got a great get-off, man, and uh, he knocked the ball out, and it came more to my side, so I just was able to get off the block and go make a play. And I saw that have bang, bang, man. I'm just glad it wasn't too far off the end zone, so I didn't have to run. I would have been out there looking like TJ, trying to trying to get up and going, like, the uh, I guess, the roadrunner. Or the, not the roadrunner, but the fucking coyote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wiley coyote. Wiley coyote. <laughs> yep. 
Yep. Oh man. So what? Did, what's what's next for you? Do, do you get to go home? Do you get to celebrate with your family? Yeah. When do you pick up your uh, Super Bowl ring? I don't know when we do all that. I just know we get to kind of party tonight. We get to go home to Denver tomorrow, be in our houses and sit down on our couches, take a deep breath and realize what we just done and get ready for that parade, man. And that's what it is all about. Talk to me about this defense. Is, is it the best ever? It is the best ever. And I, I truly believe that, man. It's one of those things that we work hard. And I think for, to do what we've done with the teams we've done it against, I mean, we, we did, well, I guess eight of the top last game, eight games were eight of the top offenses, you know, as far as whatever category. So to be able to do that with them, and, 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 and dominate every offense week in, week out, I think we, we, we have consideration for number one. And you're going to get bored of people asking you this kind of question, but talk to me about Peyton Manning. Uh, if it is his last game, what a way to go out, huh? Awesome. It's an awesome way to go out, man, for him. You know, it's one thing that I want to help him. I don't know if it's his last game or not, but to be able to help him and be able to say, you know, if it is that we help him get out, get, get out, get out on top is a blessing. Can I see the trophy after you? So, I mean, it's just a blessing. Incredible. Listen, thank you very much. You know, as a part of a football family, my dad was a coach at Penn State uh, when I was in state college. But um, it's, it's awesome, and uh, it's, it's uh, going to be pretty cool to enjoy it with my family here in a little bit. What made, what, what made you not feel fair catch that? Uh, you know, it's a short punt, a uh, shorter punt. And um, I saw the gunner on my left side kind of go past me. And I just made the decision right right then and there. You know, I'll, I'll catch it, and if I get tackled right there, then I'll get tackled. But, um I think they might have thought I fair caught it. Yeah, it looked like that. I mean, they were basically just standing there right next to you. Yeah, yeah. So that happens. So and you, you kind of see that happen a lot uh, when guys don't fair catch it. So I decided to roll with it. And then when you got around, uh, you know, what did you see when you got when you got past those guys? Uh, as soon as I got past those guys, I saw uh, a lot of white um, ready to make some blocks. So I just took it around the right side and uh, tried to get to the end zone. Did you think you had the end zone? Uh, I thought it was a possibility, yeah, but, uh, you know, it didn't turn out that way, which is fine, and, uh, you know, happy that all that happened and we came away with a win overall. Longest punt in NFL, in Super Bowl history. How, how does that feel? You're going in the record books. That's crazy, you know. Um, I didn't I didn't know that um, at the time, but, um, I mean, it's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's certainly a blessing to, I mean, just be a part of this game, period, much less uh, set a record and, and win it. And um, so it's, it's just awesome. You're a Super Bowl champion. How does it feel? It feels great, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Appreciate it. Do I say thank you to that? No, I, it, I didn't give you. I didn't give yeah. you the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It feels great. It feels great. You know, an incredible blessing. I, I praise God for just the opportunity to to play on this football field, to be a part of this football team, and uh, be a Super Bowl champion. You've yeah. had the opportunity to play with the greatest, one of the greatest quarterbacks the yeah. game's ever seen. What? Just tell me a bit about Peyton Manning. Uh, I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, he's one of the, like you said, one of, if not the best quarterbacks to ever play the football game. And, um, I mean, he's, he's down to earth, easy to, easy to play with, and, uh, you know, he's, he makes other people better. If I can get you to reflect on Malik Jackson and Jordan Norwood. Jordan Norwood, of course, had that huge 61-yard punt return, which, I mean, only resulted in a, in a field goal thanks to some brilliant play by Coney Ely and the, and the Panthers' defense in a not quite a goal line situation, but pretty close too. Um, but psyche-wise, that was really important because a, a big play, the, the the longest punt return in uh, in Super Bowl history. That great really, fact, Ollie. You've started as well there. Um, but a big play like that can really bring a team down, and I think it did. I think Carolina were on the front foot, and then the momentum shifted in one play and 
I th- it was more important than just the three points. And let's just hear a little bit now from John Elway. He was speaking in the locker room. Matt Sherry was there for Gridiron. The thing you had was depth, like you had waves of pass rushers. That's going to be hard to duplicate, isn't it? It's going to be... Well, it always is when you have success and you have a lot of good players and good players, you know, you can, you know, so it makes it a little bit tougher on our side, but uh, that's okay. It's a good, it's a good challenge to have and, and uh, we'll do the best we can. But uh, you know what? We keep, we got to keep hitting on our drafts. We keep doing that. You know, everyone talks about DeMarcus and Tlaib and TJ and Darian Stewart, which are all great players, yeah. but the young guys that we've had in the first round and then through our drafts really contributed also. So is, is, it, is it time to go back the other way now and go off at? <laughs> we'll see. See what's available. Yeah, I got you. But if there's a good passer to there, I'm taking him. <laughs> Is it okay? I got you. How does it compare to, to winning as a player when you're watching a team that you've kind of constructed and been the, the brains behind? Well, it's different. And I think that, uh, you know, you try to give these guys the best opportunity to be successful, and we've been able to do that. And the coaching staff did a tremendous job. And the personnel department, the guys I work with the most, did, you know, did, done a great job too. So it's been a great team. Great teamwork from top to bottom in our organization, and, and I'm glad for, I'm happy for everybody. When you mentioned the drafted guys, you couldn't have got up to a better start than Von Miller, as it turned out. Yeah, he's you know, and he's just gotten better and better. He's been unbelievable these playoffs, and, and uh, he's got something with Cam. He likes to get after Cam, so he did today. John, can you tell me what uh, Brandon Marshall has meant to this club this year? Well, Brandon's been the last couple of years since he came here two years ago. He's been tremendous, and he just keeps getting better and better. He's a smart football player with great talent and a great teammate. So we're thrilled with, with Brandon and what he's done for us. Is this an intellectual challenge or physical? Obviously, the physical challenge of playing isn't more satisfying because of that. Um, I, I you know I like playing more, but yeah, I mean when you can't play, then you got to do something else, and so. You get to the, you know, putting the pieces of the puzzle together is, is very satisfying, too. And your bookend rushers, Ware and Von Miller, does it get any better than that? No, they got after him. And I tell you, even, you know, everybody got after him. We pressured inside and really came from all different directions because you got to really kick my in and... We were able to do that today, so it was uh, it was a great team defense win. Yeah, you really kept him in the pocket. It seemed as though very few opportunities to even roll the pocket. Yeah, you know, and that's what you have to do because he's a tremendous player, and he won the MVP of the league for a reason for uh, you know for not a reason. So uh, great player, we we're able to stay after him, get after him, hit a little bit, and uh, you know, play great on defense. You were in the tunnel at MetLife watching the Seahawks celebration. Silver and I were talking to you. You stood there for like two or three minutes just focused on that from then to now well I mean there's nothing worse everyone crash lands unless you're this team unless you're the team that wins it it's it's always a crash landing for the other 31 team and so you know watching that and realizing that you know having looked at that having been through that how special it is to be able to go through that and so for us to be able to get back here two years from from then and get back and have the orange tape flying is much better how much uh, money did Von Miller earn himself this offseason or this postseason he's been a, he's a great player so we'll have to see what that is but uh you know, he's uh, just had a tremendous year, and so uh, and I'm happy for Vaughn, and, and we're going to do everything we can to keep him. John, what's your the difference between a player and what you are now in winning this thing? Uh, it's a different feeling. I mean, uh, you know, you know, you really when you get to this game, it's about putting it together, then you turn over the reins, and so it's, uh, you know, it's very satisfying just in a different way, and I was just thrilled to turn the reins over to Gary and, they, and his staff and the job that they've done, and as well as the players and the way that they've played. It's, uh, it was a tremendous year. Why this organization this year, the build-up to this, what, what made the difference in your opinion? 
Well, I mean, I think we just stayed after defensively. We kind of knew what we were, and we knew what we were offensively, and we just played to that. And, and uh, you know, even though we did still had a bunch of opportunities offensively to kind of bury the dagger this year, or this game even, you know, we didn't do it. And uh, we really didn't do that a lot of times. We hung on to the defense, relied on our defense, and we did it again today, and we are able to win. A message for bowling, the owner, you, you say this one is for Pat. How do you feel... Sometime ago, they say this one's for John. What, what does it feel to? to well, I'm, I, feel, I, I, I feel very lucky to be able to say it back to him because this is a very hard game to win. It's a very, you know, the NFL is a tough place to win, and especially the World Championship. And to be able to get back here and win it and have the opportunity to to say that one, this one's for Pat, uh, is what I wanted to do. But uh, I, and I owe everything to Pat. Pat's given me the opportunity as a player, gave me the opportunity as an executive, and what I do now that uh, allows us to to be the best that we can be. So I owe him a tremendous amount. A message for the Latino fans of the Broncos. Keep cheering. We'll be back. <laughs> we so, John, 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 John. We're going to enjoy this, but, uh, you know, we're going to keep coming back and hopefully we can, uh, you know, do it again next year. So that was just a little bit of the players, owners, everything in the locker room. As you can hear, it was oddly a little bit subdued in there considering they just won the Super Bowl. But I think that maybe had a lot to do with the game flow, the way that the, uh, everything had gone, the way that it finished on, a little bit of a, a damp squib almost. I mean, it was great to see Peyton Manning throw one more pass, even if it was for a two-point conversion. But it, it was almost decided before that regardless. And Well, also, they were out on the field for an hour an hour and 15 minutes celebrating with friends and family, and then they've got to come back and talk to the media. Us who, muggins. Yeah, us muggins. Uh, actually, uh, as when um, TJ, when Aqib Talib came in, then the uh, the the level really did lift. And what? then I, I got some amazing pictures of uh, backup back tight ends and... Uh, uh, and um, uh, and tight ends backsides. And, and tight ends backsides. <laughs> but they're holding a Super Bowl trophy. And that was being passed around the locker room. I think their reaction in the locker room was a bit like how they were leading up to the, to the game. Very businesslike. Got the job done. And actually, I spoke to Brandon Marshall and, and uh, he said he felt numb. It's almost, it's almost inexplicable because I don't know how to feel right now. You know, I, I'm numb. I've never been numb, you know, uh, as far as like a feeling. You know, when we won the AFC Championship, I was running up and down, so excited, you know, jumping up and down. And right now, I'm like, man, we, we really won it. Like, it's, it's almost like it's real humbling. No, no one believed in this team, but oh. you guys never stopped believing like, in yourselves. And look, look, man, you know, somebody told me once. Yeah, it only takes one person to believe yourself. Right? It doesn't matter if you believe in me, if you believe in me, if you believe in me, if you believe in us. All that matters is we believe in us. And that's the motto, man. We believe in us. And we've done it all year. You know what I believe in is defense winning championships. Yes, man. Everybody wants to talk about offense all the time. Oh, are they underdog because Tom Brady has a great offense. You know, Cam has a great the number one scoring offense, number one offense. Nobody wants to talk about defense, man. Brendan, Barty's heading back to Denver. Last yes. question. Try to put that in perspective. I mean, we uh, haven't seen a Super Bowl championship in that town in years. Uh, you guys are bringing it home. It's amazing because I grew up a Broncos fan. I started liking the Broncos when they first beat the uh, Packers in Super Bowl '97. Um, then they beat the Falcons in '98, and I love the Broncos. I love you know Terrell Davis, man. I told Terrell Davis is my favorite Bronco. And then for me to actually play for my favorite team and win the Super Bowl, my favorite team. It's, it's uh, kind of surreal, but Icing on the cake. Congratulations, man. Thank NFL Radio. Yeah. Pop these cans on. Okay. Thanks. Going to have uh, Brandon Marshall here. Yeah. I'll let you know.
Brandon, can you just sum up how how this feels winning it, being a Super Bowl champion? Ah oh, man, <laughs> sensational! Exactly, <laughs> it's 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 amazing, man. Um, you know, all the hard work, all the grinding, man, all all everything we did all season, uh, it paid off. How much does it make your job easier having Demarcus Ware and Von Miller doing what they do? Oh uh, man, look, it, it makes it. Ex- so easy man I mean you know those guys you know do a number on the tackle and, and, and as far as the game plan goes you know they have to worry about them they have to chip them they have to, 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 to protect and stay in so the running backs don't just get to go out and run free all the time the Patriots decided not to chip not to protect and they ran for, the running back you know went out and you see we had 23 hits on, on Tom Brady so and even they, today they tried to stay in and do their thing a little bit but you know, our D line gets there every time. Was there was there an element of this of doing it for Peyton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to win for Peyton, man. I want to win for Peyton Manning. I love Peyton Manning. Peyton, Peyton's one of the reasons actually that I'm here. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I was on practice squad and um, you know I was working my tail off and, and, and Peyton actually was the first one to record to rec- you know recognize me. And he was asking who was who was this guy? Who was this guy? And so that's when the buzz started. And you know, for him to tell Adam Gase who was the offensive coordinator before, you know, who was this guy, and, and you know, Adam Gates. The situation in the Pacific is worse than reported. The Japanese are planning something big. What's the target? Midway. From the director of Independence Day. A couple dozen planes. It's all Japanese fleet. We got the order to launch. Discover the incredible true story. Today we're going to be underdogs. Of the World War II battle. Good luck, boys. Midway. Download and keep now. Talk about me. So those guys, you know, helped me get to the active roster from the practice squad. So I have a different appreciation for Peyton. Would you like to see him back next season? I'd love to see Peyton back, man. Heck yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Dude. Sorry, we had to get that last one in there because Ollie did such a professional throw to it by just going, he felt numb and I thought that. That is where you insert a piece of audio. That is why you're a radio broadcasting professional, man. Uh, we're talking of the um, Lombardi Trophy. We have just been within three feet of the Lombardi. We're here at the Moscone Centre where all the media has been going on for the entire week. Matt Sherry joining us as well. And we've just had the head coaches and MVP press conferences. Uh, Roger Goodell said nothing th- that would be unexpected. I thought Von Miller. Uh, what was particularly interesting was uh, the I... I uh, Oli asked the question uh, about how he would feel about the comparisons that were made. Derek Wolf made the comparison to a number one over the, the best defense of all time. TJ Ward, as you heard there, compared them to, said they were top three, maybe even number one. Uh, and when we asked uh, him, he, he gave the basic answer that he felt uncomfortable being compared mm. to those great defenses and then went on to praise them and talk about how they set the tone and how they put the foundations down for Denver to do what they're doing now. TJ Ward was very much the opposite. He said, well, we're playing in a different league now. We're not allowed to do anything. We can't put hands on guys and yet we're still achieving what we're achieving. Uh, for you, Matt Sherry, where do you see this defense versus you were at the Seahawks two years ago when they blew the Broncos out? Where do you see them versus that and, and in that kind of pantheon of all-time defenses? Yeah, I'm very much from the school that um, play gets better as the years go on. So I would always look to the modern day examples, and certainly that's the case in the NFL because of the rule changes that TJ Ward mentioned. So I would always favour the modern day. Um, in terms of the, I think I thought that Seattle was the best defense ever for that reason two years ago, and, and for the same reason, I, I now think Denver is is 
is maybe the best ever and, and you don't want to get kind of caught up in the hype I believe it all but if if you compare them man for man with that Seattle defence their defensive line is much better um, I would say the edge rushers uh, have a slight edge although Michael Bennett is every bit as good as Von Miller is at I'd favour DeMarcus Ware slightly over Cliff Averill, even though he's a really good edge rusher. It, <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you're picking 1A and 1B. It's, it's <laughs> Yeah, I would say that's kind of a, a split, really. Um, on the In terms of the defensive line, I think is where Denver really, the the, the inside guys, they really have the edge. Um, Malik jo- Jackson and um, and Derek Wolfe are, are, are better players than me, Ben. And was it McDaniel a couple of years ago? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. I, I mean, for me, I think you you talk about the historic comparisons. What I need to see from Denver, and DeMarcus Ware has come out today and said he thinks there's more in the tank. We were saying, you were saying last night, he's still got a year left on his deal. You'd be surprised if he didn't come back. Uh, I want to see them do it again, basically, because the Seahawks have had a great defence for three or four consistent years. Now, they were number one in defensive rankings for two years. You look at that 85 Bears, who everyone holds up as the best defence of all time. Statistically, they were better in 86. So I just want to see it another year, another two years, make sure that this wasn't... There were a couple of guys there who I think were playing above what we would necessarily expect. Darian Stewart, for example, is a guy who I've never seen him play to the level he played this season. And he played phenomenally this year and he was great again last night. But I want to see them do it again with those sorts of guys. Still, uh, What happens with Von Miller and his contract? I mean, they are destined to franchise yeah, tag him. Yeah, that's inevitable. There's no way, especially after last night, they could let him go. And, uh, John Elway is not a guy who's shown... I think John Elway likes to draft very specific kinds of guys. Now, Von Miller's had off-field problems, but he clearly loves playing the game. It was something that Gary Kubiak's just mentioned, that he hasn't missed a practice all year, and he loves to play. And I've read a couple of pieces. I'm writing a piece myself now about John Elway, and and a lot of people I've spoken to have suggested that that's the main thing he's looking for, guys who want to play the game. And when you've got a guy that talented, that young, who wants to play the game, there's no way they're going to let him go. I mean, the Seattle comparison's interesting. The only area I'd give Seattle the edge is, I think, think, um, Earl Thomas is much better than than Darian Stewart, regardless of how well he played this year. I think Chancellor and Ward are similar. But then Denver's cornerbacks are better than Seattle's where I mean, Sherman's probably the best of them all, but Chris Harris is just a tiny notch below him. Tlaib's very good. Mm. Roby's really good. Um, and and look, I, I hate giving Matt Sherry props, but uh, not only did he... Well, he flip-flopped to Denver last night, as we mentioned earlier, but you made, you absolutely made the call, the Tlaib on Olsen call. We discussed it with a number of people on Radio Row. That's what they needed to do. And from very early on, they lined up Tlaib on Olsen. He, he shut him down. He, he basically shut him down. There was just the one big play from Greg Olsen, which was the uh, play-action pass. I think he gained about 15-odd uh, yards on it on that drive. But honestly, in fact, I've got it in front of me. I can tell you exactly what he gained on it because I have all of my extensive notes still here. But um, they, uh, I, they then can't find the stats, so I've made myself look ridiculous. I think also. They, uh, the, they, but, actually, they actually didn't keep Olsen. Uh, no, not, keep not the whole game, but they did. I think which, they did early which was on, interesting which set the tone. They kind of set the tone early, and then, and then even were happy to let TJ Ward cover him from time to time, which surprised me. But, yeah, and... It's going to be interesting with Denver because I'm not 100% sure whether they can repeat. I, 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 I don't think they can afford to bring back Marshall or Trevathan if they're going to re-sign. Well, um, I wanted to talk about those guys as well because they went about their business very quietly. They're allowed to buy that front four. And I think in any other team, they would be absolute megastars. But Trevathan, 
I think he led the, the game in tackling and Brandon Marshall would, uh, did what he did and actually Brandon Marshall said it. Those guys, those front four, allow him and Danny Trevathan to, to be able to do their job mu- that make it makes their job that much easier and I think a big part of that is uh, what was being discussed again with Matt Ryan last week in that when they managed to get the run game going against the Panthers that meant that those uh, linebackers had to come up and make plays and they never really did that against Denver I mean Jonathan they rushed for over 100 yards and again they've now got 32 games with over 100 yards rushing but there were three big running plays from Cam Newton which they then bizarrely went away from I know two of them were scrambles but then the, there was the di- designed option mm-hmm. run up the middle where he looked to hand off to Stewart they completely bit on it and he made 15 yards up the center you know the they got some rushing going, but they really didn't do enough because I, I look back at the the, the touchdown drive and and I, these are the exact notes I wrote down third and one a play action Olsen 25 yards they manned up again Philly Brown crossing got down to the two plus there was the face marks from Talib on that uh, the two uh, the, the two yard run from Stewart was what eventually forced it in but I, I literally wrote down, uh, establish, this is why establishing the run is so important even when you're failing to get good yardage. And up until that point, they'd been really struggling with the run, but they established it, then they got play action, then they got big plays out of it. And they went away from that. And I look at all the stuff that the Panthers did in the game. I've, I've kind of got a list I've put together of Panthers' struggles. And whilst, yes, Denver's defense was really impressive, it, it was like the Panthers weren't even at the races last night. Mm. It's like they didn't even bother turning up. They had the weird challenges in the first half from Ron Rivera. He challenged, uh, uh, he challenged a sack which would have got him three yards and lost him his second challenge. What, I can't remember. The first challenge was on the catch where oh, yeah. there was yeah, no yeah. way that was going to be overturned even though... Uh, every, everybody said there was better camera angles than we saw. But, I mean, just look at the weight of history this year in the league. Those calls aren't being overturned, and and I've just looked as well. By the way, and, uh, Malik Jackson is also a free agent, so they've got Jackson, Von Miller, Trevathan, Marshall, plus and some guys on the offense. C.J. Anderson, who actually had a really good game yesterday. Brock Osweiler, Peyton Manning. Osweiler. You know, it's it's really interesting, I, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this actually, Matt. And moving to that offense, do they bring back Osweiler, or do they do they reboot? Paxton Lynch, maybe. You my, jumped my, so far ahead of where I am on my running order. This is ridiculous, Ollie Hunter. My, my understanding from speaking to, to a couple of guys who, who know this week is, is that they've made a commitment to Osweiler that he's going to be the starting quarterback next year. So I'm, I'm very much under the impression that they are going to bring him back. Um, is that a good idea? I, I think we saw enough. I mean, if they can, if they can keep that defense relatively intact, you've found out how bad a quarterback you can win with this year because Manning was playing dreadfully. Yeah. So, I, I, and I think you've seen enough from Osweiler to suggest he's not going to be kind of a, a Nick Foles type year in St. Louis this year. Yeah, no doubt. But I'd still quite like to see Denver take maybe a flyer in the second, third round and on I a guy. Will. I, th- I, th- I think. I think. Take a, take a quarterback every year until you've got your guy, basically. They took Osweiler in the second round, the other side, Peyton Manning. So, I mean. And I'd like to see them do something similar this year, get a quarterback battle in there, get a good young guy in and see what. Because we don't really know what Osweiler's got. We've managed to see a decent sample size now, not a tiny one, but uh, it was up and down and it was very much game management. And much like they. I mean, that's the way they play football this year. If they want to put it more on the quarterback and try and get the offense going, that could make a big difference. I just want to just to go through a few of these. Um, uh, the Robert McLean dropped pick six on the opener. 
uh, they first of all they we um, Leah mentioned it. They deferred bizarrely. Carolina. They wanted to do, I guess, the whole. Patriots score before halftime, get the ball back, try and score again. But we know that Denver aren't good at coming from behind, so why not go and try and score on your opening drive? I, I, the, the, the only thing I'd say is I'd always favour deferring, and and it did work out. They did get the they got two minutes thirty seconds left. Yeah, and the clock the management was half. terrible. Yeah, it was atrocious. Um, I, I actually <coughs> think one of the stories of this game that maybe we get into later on was. Carolina is completely freezing on the big stage. Mm. Well, this is uh, this is exactly the story I'm trying to get onto because I've got a list of things they did. So, Robert McLean missing that pick six on the opener that led to a field goal and would have been a touchdown. The Keekley sack early on was not repeated. Tony Ely, uh, Tony Ely's Coney Ely's unbelievable game. I, I just mentioned. So, I'd, Mike Tolbert hasn't had a fumble all season. Fumbles twice in the Super Bowl. One, one of which was recovered. One of which was lost. No, uh, Josh Norman also missed a pick six when the game was at ten seven. Uh, there was that weird Ted Ginn Cam attempted trick play, which Derek Wolf completely read and completely shut well, down. They tried doing it again. They tried doing exactly the same play again, and it uh, again it, it didn't work. It's just. Those sort of trick plays when you're down in in the Super Bowl, uh, it's really really strange coaching decisions. And the thing is, the Broncos could have punished them time and time again. Um, like their, uh, Denver's best drive of the game was uh, the one where Sanders caught the two big catch and runs, 22 yards, 25 yards. They kept the ball away from Norman a bit, left left space in behind him, and they managed to get Sanders out and o- open over. And you look at they then only take a field goal from that. The Panthers need to uh, need to capitalise on that. Denver going for it on fourth and one, not managing to get it, getting a penalty against them that is not something you can decline, so it got pushed back to four and 11, and then kicking the field goal. You know, all these little things that kept stacking up for the Panthers, and I think you're right, they, they did, they freeze on, froze on the big stage, and how much is that down to, do you think... Um, a lack of experience how much do you think that's down to to cam newton's play how much do you think that's down to going down early what, what do you kind of attribute that to well we ran out of time uh, talking to uh, gary kubiak today uh, at the press conference and i wanted to ask him had the the players and the experience of losing that super bowl two years ago had that how much had that helped because i, I spoke to emmanuel sanders on the first day on tuesday and um he's he said we don't want to lose again. We don't want this to happen again. And it, it, it was so evident all the way leading up that they were really businesslike. The Panthers, they were, they were too... I don't want to say they too much enjoyed the whole spectacle and experience, but they will learn from this as well. They will realise that the Super Bowl is something completely different. And I think that experience from two years ago from Denver really 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 helped them uh, and that's one of the things we, we kind of spoke about in the week wasn't it the, yeah. the way Denver had, had learned from two years ago and how Carolina were a lot looser I'm, I, I'm struggling to think back of a team that were more ill-disciplined I mean Denver were pretty ill-disciplined well Cape Delay was ill-disciplined <laughs> um, but I'm struggling to think back to a team who inter- I've seen just totally bottle it quite like it and, it- and they did do that I mean they were ill-disciplined mm. There was bad coaching. There was some comical decision making. I mean, the the, the the first challenge was bad enough, but the second one, at a time when Denver weren't moving the ball, you were still going to have Manning in second and ten. 
within their own 10 yard or 20 yard line as and, well and, and obviously it didn't come back to bite them but there's every chance it could have you you, you don't want to be out of challenges it, in the it, second quarter it, of the Super Bowl it's madness it genuinely felt like they were missed out in the big spots as well which are times when when this season uh, particularly if you think about those big uh, come from behind near losses they had they seemed to step up in the right moment but you look at this, the first drive of the second half when they could have gone out there scored and taken the lead they have a big penalty which forces them back. Gano then has to take the field goal from 39 yards, misses, hits the upright. Uh, and then I mentioned already that Broncos drive where um, uh, where they drove down, only took the field goal when really they should have scored. And similarly, I mean, similarly with the Norwood return, as we discussed already, but that field goal drive, which I think put them up 16-7 at that point, the next drive had that Philly Brown ludicrous 42-yard catch yeah. where he got above the guy. Uh, Ted Ginn uh, had that six-yard run where we were saying, I don't think anyone's ever run more yards to gain six yards in their life. It was almost like he caught it and then made an end around happen himself. Well, he did all that of, with, pump, with pump returns as well. Uh, but, but all of that happens in a drive, and then you get down to the red zone, and Cam tries to force it into a window. TJ Ward intercepts it, fumbles the ball because Cam said it was such power that he can't even hold on to it. Yeah. It's recovered by Trevathan. At that point, that would have put you back to 16-14, right back in the game, and instead you go and turn the ball over in a key spot. And it just kept happening time and time again to the Panthers. Yeah. Graham Gano missing a, a 44-yard field goal as well. I mean, just it's like he wasn't listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but the point on that is that that, that was Graham Gatto has been so solid all year. I mean, I don't hit the upright, but it was just it was a comedy of errors from Carolina, and and, and I, I made the mistake two weeks ago of underestimating the Denver defense, and I thought they were great again, but I, th I think. They were given a massive help and hand mm. by Carolina in this game. No well, doubt also, whatsoever. I mean, th we saw that the Falcons, when they lost to the Falcons, they were almost uh, looking at that unbeaten regular season record, took their eye off the ball. The Falcons outcoached them out and, and, and beat them that way. And it happened again here on the biggest of all stages. Bottle jobs. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> bottle jobs, yeah. Good way, good way of finishing that off. Look, uh, it's been a great week. Uh, and Denver, I think we're all agreed, are deserving Super Bowl champions based on their defence alone uh, yeah, I've, and I've, the I've coaching. Said, I said something to Liam last night that I think is true. I don't think Denver were the best team in the NFL by any stretch of the imagination, but I think they had the best unit in the NFL and that was, in the end, was enough to, to win them it. Undoubtedly, uh, sometimes that that is enough. Looking through and seeing uh, any other news that, that's coming through this week, I just want to quickly mention, I think we mentioned it briefly last night, obviously we don't know about Peyton's retirement yet, but we expect that announcement to come in the next couple of weeks, and we've got a lot of players who are already you know, talking about him in terms of as, as if he's finished in the game. Um, uh, his legacy now, I mean, we all know he's going to be a... A Hall of Famer. We all know he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. They might as well, I've said it a couple of times this week, they might as well not even take the vote. They might as well just go, this year going to the Hall of Fame, we have announced 10 semi finalists plus Peyton Manning's already in because uh, it's uh, absolutely nailed on. And somebody, we can't remember who, if anyone at home remembers who, please tweet us and tell us, said to us earlier this week that he's a guy who changed the way the game was played at quarterback. And we kind of can't go away from the last game of Peyton Manning without just saying a couple of words about what an incredible player he's been for the last 18, 19 years. Totally incredible. I've, I'm, I'm writing this in a, in a piece at the moment, but when Manning entered the league, I think um, 
Terrell Davis had just won the Broncos the Super Bowl and Barry Sanders was the MVP and now we have this I think the leading passer was Dan Marino with 3,700 yards eight guys including Ryan Tannehill passed for more than 4,000 this year and that is kind of built around what Peyton's done I mean it's interesting because it, he comes in an era with Tom Brady and Brady has, has probably now established himself as the greatest quarterback of all time but I do think that in terms of their impact on the game, Manning's has been greater. He's 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 totally changed the way the game's played, the way it's looked at, acted as that de facto offensive coordinator and that no huddle in Indianapolis, and and had kind of shown the the ability of a player to to lead an offense like that. And he was basically the offensive coordinator in that system as well. He's been a totally unique guy, and it's it's ironic that it took a, a great defense to take him to a second championship, but. He may he may have been the version we saw yesterday to me is probably the worst quarterback to ever appear in the Super Bowl. Or, or, it statistically is absolutely or, or the worst, cer- or, or certainly close. But at the end of the day, that that career deserved a second ring, and I'm absolutely delighted that it got it. It's funny that uh, it's very much similar to the John Elway situation. Great, great quarterback, and obviously there's parallels have been drawn everywhere. It's not like I'm saying something intelligent by saying this, but a great, great quarterback who ended up having to lean, in John Elway's case, on a phenomenal running game as well as a good defence. Oh, they're saying that. I mean, CJ Anderson, you already mentioned it, had a great game last night. That 134-yard run where he beat Lotolele, he beat Luke Keekley, and then he just trucked Trey Boston to go 34 yards was unbelievable. Uh, I just want to finish off by going through. I um, favourited a few key stats from the game last night that I thought really highlighted just exactly how this game went, but also the legacy of Manning, the le- the, the legacy of this defense. The Broncos become the ninth team to win three, uh, the ninth team to win three Super Bowls, and only the Patriots have been more successful in the past quarter century. Cam Newton, most dropbacks under pressure in a game for him, twenty-one in Super Bowl Fifty previously in his career, only seventeen against the Broncos in two thousand and twelve. Uh, the Broncos are the eighth team to gain fewer than two hundred yards in a Super Bowl. The other seven all lost. Yeah, that just shows what, what Manning did. But on the flip side, Manning becomes the first quarterback with 200 career wins as a starter in the history of the NFL. So, okay, yeah, he had a bad game, but that doesn't take away from who he is. And to, to just talk about Cam Newton and his, um, and his particular fluffing of the game. He had 10 overthrown passes last night by metrics. That's tied for the most in a game in Super Bowl history with Jim Kelly and Stam Humphreys. Uh, This is ridiculous. Cam Newton, when Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware both rushed the passer last night, one of 12, four sacks, two fumbles, a total of 33 lost yards. Yeah, uh, just an unbelievable performance from that defense. A terrible performance from an all-time great on the other side, and a big fluff from Carolina. I think that sums up the game pretty nicely in three lines. We probably didn't need to do the last fifteen minutes of chat. I quite liked uh, Eli Manning's reaction. <laughs> you show me a video of that. Just talk us through it, Will. That was one. Uh, well, I think everyone must have seen this on Twitter by now. The moment that uh, the moment that that CJ Anderson scores the touchdown to essentially seal the victory, they look up and there's a box which has got uh, you've got obviously. Eli's in there, Archie's in there, uh, the other brother whose name's just completely uh, slipped my mind. I'm looking at Matt Sherry, he's not coming with me. Cooper Manning, Cooper Manning's with his kids, his kids are going nuts, Cooper Manning's going nuts, the whole family going crazy. And Eli just got this look on his face of, well, I've got nothing to brag about at Thanksgiving anymore. Well, he, he went down to the locker room uh, and sort of was walking around with a stony face. I think we talked about this last night. Archie was bouncing around, meeting people, shaking hands, chatting, and he just 
didn't look cheery at all. I know that's you know Eli's general demeanour is a little like that, and he's won two Super Bowl rings. So who am I to say anything? But yeah, so I, now I, we I can say funny. actually the best Manning <laughs> does have two Super Bowl rings now. Hooray! Uh, and Eli will undoubtedly win a third next year. <laughs> <laughs> ben McAdoo offense is going to run the table. Uh, let's talk about our highlights of the week and at this point let's bring Liam Blackburn back in to talk about this now Liam Blackburn has joined us fresh off finishing the last of his uh, well nearly the last of his work for the week he's almost there he's nearly there we're all nearly there the home stretch backing we, we, we are closing in on it we're going to talk all about uh, our highlights of the week because obviously the Super Bowl was great we've talked about the teams we've broken all that down but we've been out here for eight days now and I want to start with Ollie because Ollie this is your first rodeo it was Peyton's last it's your first. What a what a, a baton to pass over. <laughs> I'm not sure that baton's being that particular baton's being passed to you. I think you'll find it is. Uh, but how did you enjoy your first Super Bowl week? Oh, what a week! What a week! Every day on Radio Row, apart from the first day when I went to see both teams in action at their press conferences, um, it was just great, wasn't it? I mean, San Francisco's full of crazies, but. You know, you, when you've got when you, you make, we've only added to that with four more. <laughs> so when you make it down to down to By radio, which I mean Carline Scrag, Chapanic. <laughs> <laughs> I said his name right. Yeah, you did say his name right. That's the first time you said a surname right all week. Well done, mate. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, but radio woe. Radio Woe Radio Woe <laughs> That's real cute <laughs> That might be one of my highlights of the week <laughs> Radio Row was Felt like Radio Woe by the end <laughs> Was marvellous I really enjoyed it There um, he is The print man with the pun What a shock Loved it <laughs> uh, what, Highlights I loved Frank What's his face Frank Caliendo, yeah, that was I brilliant. I thought that was great. Don't even try it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to try it. Uh, Deontay Wilder was brilliant. You know, squaring up to him and looking into those eyes, that was pretty cool. Um, I um, I enjoyed. I like Donovan McNabb's um, English accent, which well, turned into Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, I I we haven't really talked since Friday, and uh, in that time, we obviously went to see the Golden State Warriors, which was a massive highlight, I think, for everyone sat here and everyone involved. Liam, uh, phenomenal to see the Splash Brothers live, but actually, KD. Uh, ended up rocking it and, and uh, being the best player in the game, just sadly on the losing side. Yeah, a fantastic experience. It was essentially a, a playoff game, wasn't it, in midway through the NFL uh, NBA season? <laughs> midway, it's right at the end of the NFL season, but midway through the <laughs> NBA season, the, correct. Yeah, the All-Star break's next week, isn't it? Um, just brilliant to watch three fantastic players at, at Westbrook as well, included in that, um, at the, the top of their game. And I think the fact that, Golden State just had a bit more strength in depth was was the difference between the two but uh, credit to OKC for, for keeping it really close and, uh, and for Ollie your first ever basketball game a man who hates basketball, uh, I, hate basketball. I just don't like it but now you've I turned your it. own mic off <laughs> <laughs> whoops <laughs> <laughs> I don't Matt Sherry's finishing writing up a piece and so he's tried to turn Matt Sherry's mic down and he's yeah, managed to turn his own mic yeah, off great I don't hate basketball but I just don't I didn't like it, but now now I do. It's brilliant. I got a Golden State Warriors hat, uh, obviously a Chinese one, which uh, you're currently wearing. Which I'm currently wearing. Great for radio. Um, uh, yeah, it, it was great. Even though we were quite high up in the stadium, great view. Really, you could see everything, and the atmosphere in there was brilliant as well. Great picture from from Liam uh, of of uh, Jay Z and Beyonce. So that was that's a particular highlight as we, well. We haven't done a halftime review either. 
That's uh, that's something that we could get onto, but I feel like this table is split on it, so maybe we shouldn't get into it uh, for fear of causing well, it, a rift. It didn't like blow me away. To be fair, it wasn't. I, I think my issue was, I, and actually, I think it has a problem with being a West Coast Super Bowl. Is that last year? I mean, I know it wasn't quite West Coast, but when it's already in the dark, you can do a lot more with light shows. You can do a lot more with, mm. uh, yeah, the, there's that side of things you can make a bit more impressive. I thought the cards thing it worked the second time actually when they did the crowd holding up the cards. That looked pretty impressive, but the first time people didn't seem to know what was going on, and it was a little, uh, it was all a little confused, and people were holding their cards the wrong way round, and it wasn't like these great banks of color. I still held my card the wrong way round at the end, so probably stuck out like a sore thumb but yeah yeah you almost definitely did in that crowd <laughs> 80,000 everyone going who's that one yellow card <laughs> up in the top <laughs> right of the second section what a dick <laughs> um, uh, yeah I thought when Bruno Mars came out that was brilliant and Beyonce I wish she'd done a song that we all knew rather than some new track but otherwise I, th- I thought it was yeah it was good fun it just brilliantly glossed over just whole play there by Will Gavin didn't live up <laughs> didn't live up to the the very best but it wasn't a terrible one there been there wasn't like the Black Eyed Peas or Madonna they were bad so it was fine there we go half time review done uh, one of my highlights was definitely going to the Lee Steinberg party and Ollie turning up I turned up in a full suit thinking that everyone was going to be dead smart. Everyone else was wearing shirts, and you know, looked smart enough, but nobody had quite gone to the lens I had. But Ollie turned up in what are essentially cowboy boots, a, a jacket, these amazing sunglasses, a freshly shaven head and beard, and... Uh, for a man who I often accuse of looking homeless, you look like a rock star, buddy. It and was the opposite of homeless. Yeah, you, you, you genuinely did. And uh, Matt Sherry, I'm going to try and defer to him now if he's got his mic in hand. Uh, we particularly enjoyed the experience of ca- taking Ollie through the party, trying to make him basically look like he was actually famous. Yeah, it was one of the best. That, that was probably the best moment of my, my week. Of my entire life. When Paolo Bandini, the, uh, the Michael Jordan of journalism, when he put that earpiece in his, in his ear um, to act like a security detail, it was... There's it was, some incredible photos of that. We need to get them tweeted out because uh, uh, I did not have Wi-Fi at that point. Yeah, but, was, oh, and what we'll do, actually, I think we should do some kind of gallery online or put something together to make sure that like, everyone can see. Because I took, I took something ludicrous, like 600 photos last night during the game and halftime and everything else. So obviously we'll post like the 30 best ones because we're not ridiculous. But yeah, my idiot iPhone ran out of storage if anyone knows how to get uh, photos off of their iPhone please let me know because it seems to be impossible it's it's, it's ridiculous I almost nearly said we didn't see a dab but of course we did see a dab it was just from a Broncos defensive player not from Cam Newton (laughs) uh, which would have been a bit of a letdown if we'd not seen one at all considering all the talk of it who was your favourite interview on Radio Radio (laughs) World Radio World (laughs) it's been a long week guys Uh, I I genuinely can't say who I thought it was. I think it could have been... We loved Everson Walls on the last day. I I, I thought Todd Gurley was... was, That's your interviewing a future superstar there, so that's pretty special. Um, I like to... I mean, to be honest, a lot of the concussion stuff we did, which we'll be doing, uh, hopefully, we're in discussions about doing a two-part documentary over this summer. We'll, We'll... update you more as we go on but there was some fascinating stuff about that whether it was Tim Crumry talking about his personal journey with uh, with his head issues and his head injuries and, and what he's done since and yeah I, I, I to be honest uh, there was what about Jerry Rice interrupting the podcast uh, right that's the highlight of the week I don't think yeah okay I think we're done uh, <laughs> Jerry Rice interviewing the, uh, might be the highlight of my of my non-marriage related life Matt Sherry 
did was that a better than your marriage to by the way your wife you are punching way above your weight and you're a heavy guy <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> i've heard that before but never with the company and you're a heavy guy <laughs> <laughs> saw her today in uh, in the diner just around the corner and we turned up not expecting the entire Sherry family <laughs> yeah. to be there, and there they were, the clan, I having their breakfast. If you didn't go <laughs> the way I, way I, <laughs> the, the Sherry clan. Uh, mm. It was it was a better than me with me wedding, no, but um, I mean, kind of acting as your security detail might well have been. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Jerry Rice, that was that was that was pretty special. Just ridiculous. That was, that what was your favourite interview? Because actually, you you've come a long way this uh, this trip. You, you know, from it, fr- it's, it's a long journey. Yeah, it's been a long journey, uh, <laughs> spiritually <it> and uh, <laughs> and metaphorically. But uh, what was your favourite interview? What, who did you enjoy? I think what Ollie means is that as the week's gone on, we've developed the best rapport that you've ever had with another human being. I think was what you said something along those lines. <laughs> um, there's been lots of good ones. I mean, it's hard. Oh, it's been unbelievable. Look, I, th- I, I thought Matt, I thought Matt Ryan was good. Matt Ryan was oh, good, wasn't he? I forgot about Matt. Ryan, so uh, off the cuff as well. Alan Hearns was actually really good fun, considering when we interviewed him in the locker room after the last game, he was fine, but you know, nothing. It was a classic locker room interview. I, I, please get a picture of these two with their mics pinned behind their ears whilst, whilst they type away, because <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, Liam Blackburn's done it, and then Matt Sherry's gone, oh, that looks like a brilliant way of holding the microphone whilst I do some high-octane typing. Uh, <laughs> um, look, let's just very, very briefly look forward. Uh, people who have, if they don't already subscribe to Gridiron, you're ludicrous. But if you, if you don't, or if you do, whatever, you'll be getting the Super Bowl review issue, uh, which uh, final touches are being put onto right now. Boys, just tell us what's going to be in that issue, and uh, you know the high octane content we're going to get from yeah, you. High octane. <laughs> Have you ever heard of written content? <laughs> to be, to be high octane. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the king of hyperbole now? <laughs> I love the magazine, but even It's going to be an up-tempo, no huddle issue. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Huddle Magazine. <laughs> it's basically the Chip Kelly of magazines. All right. <laughs> That's on the front. <laughs> Flattering to deceive. Slap that one on the poster. There, there are some really high octane. I, I just uh, noticed the uh, fridge is full of drinks. I don't know. Get me one. Two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, come on, Blackie. <laughs> Trying to wear his headphones to the fridge. That's a good 20 feet away from us. That's too much. I've, I've gone too high. Uh, I'll take a uh, diet out of you, please. Yeah, I'll go for a Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so there's there's some high octane off season previews. We've kind of assessed every team's needs and who their free agents are, what they should do, etc. So we've got a page on every team in the magazine. So no matter who you support, you'll be you'll be happy this month because there's a little bit on your team. You're also about to hear got, four men open cans at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> also got um, I feel like Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Will Can we get a video of Liam smashing two cans together and drinking them both simultaneously? When did we do that? I swear we've done that before. Did did it with two beers? I I don't remember what it was. Will Gavin's just had Diet Mountain Dew come out of his nose with that (laughs) Steve Stone Cold reference. kind of review of the Super Bowl and and some stuff taking you behind the scenes. You got some great quotes last night from the likes of John Elway and some of the star players. So I'm currently uh, putting that together now. Um, and there's the Benny usual. Fowler on his signed ball. So yeah, we've spoken to Benny Fowler as well. Who I know you've never heard of, but 
he did catch the last <laughs> pass. Do <laughs> uh, uh, no one said NFL, and it was a two-point conversion that was successful. So. First in Super Bowl history. Do you think they only went for two points? I think I read that yesterday. That's a stats. great fact. Did, did you? That's why you should be here, Liam. <laughs> did, I, did I read in your piece yesterday that Manning is the first quarterback to win the Super Bowl with two teams? Starting quarterback, yeah. Starting. Yeah. Who's it? Who were we going to say? I don't know. I just read first starting. So you didn't read the full stat. The stat was the first starting quarterback to That's win. Who cares about buddy? The third string quarterback who won <laughs> <laughs> seventeen Super Bowls with. Wouldn't it be amazing? <laughs> yeah, it'd be amazing if it ended up clipboard Jesus actually had four Super Bowl rings. He just happened to be on the practice squad of like the Ravens, the <laughs> one of the Patriots teams. Like it would be hilarious. Anyway, so lots of great content. Definitely go and buy it, gridiron-magazine.com, and we're going to bring you loads of off-season stuff. We've got loads of interviews we never got to in the week because we didn't want to be putting out four-hour-long podcasts. But so there's, there's so much stuff. We're definitely going to do a lot on the Chiefs. We're going to do those concussion issues. We're going to do a big L.A. Rams preview. Um, uh, so much that we're going to be doing. So the off-season starts here, and it's going to be a packed one. But Ollie. Me- <laughs> oh, I forgot about that as a highlight. Anyway, so uh, from right amount of air for, for the last time from the media center as the in jokes fly. I apologise for that. Thank you so much for tuning in all week. All the kind words yeah, on Twitter yeah. at Gridiron. This. Uh, has been in association with Sports Travel Tours and we should say one more massive thank you to Andrew Hill who helped us get out here we spent the day yesterday yeah. ferrying his guys to and from the stadium as well as obviously being at the game and doing all the stuff we did oh, but who are you? but they were no no I wasn't no no I was about to ferrying was the wrong word you know, alright uh, we d- drove his guys to and from the stadium we didn't have to take the media buses and they were the was terrible they were a great bunch those leather seats were really you know you know the great bunch. I, I gave oh, I them all my <laughs> autograph. Um, <laughs> by the way, have, did I did I tell you I come to uh, San Francisco? To, uh, <laughs> so anyway, as we were saying, uh, we drove their guys to and from, and it was really great. And Andrew has been fantastic all week, and uh, probably wouldn't have all been here without him. So thank you to Andrew Hill. Thank you to Sports Travel Tours. SportsTravelTours.com. Now, if you enter the code Gridiron at sixteen, you receive ten percent off any of their packages at any of their NFL packages, not just the college one that they've just announced for the Ireland games uh, and of course later in this offseason we'll bring you details of the gridiron tour we are looking potentially at making it to LA to see the Coliseum potentially making it to Mexico for the international series games we're looking into all of these as possibilities otherwise any final thoughts yeah no yeah. <laughs> was that it yeah yeah <laughs> on the dampest of squibs <laughs> from no, this is San Francisco like, this is a little bit like the game <laughs> we started off well like turned into a squib it's been emotional <laughs> this has been the Gridiron Show let's go let's go Broncos Broncos let's go Broncos Broncos let's go